Hello and welcome to Amen Podcast. Today, Alex is preaching about relationships. This is part two. We're talking mainly about what is the type of friend that has good relationships. So if you want your relationships to to thrive, if you want to be the type of person that is able to connect, um, even in the most dramatic or hard times, because relationships are going to go through times like that, we're going to look at the kind of friend, the kind of person that makes it makes a relationship fun to be in mm, makes makes mm-hmm. people want to be in relationship with you and so let's jump into it yes and we are so grateful for our relationship with you um without a relationship with you this would not be possible so if you would like to, to donate or support you can visit amenpodcast.com and as always it'd be awesome if you could rate and review the podcast on apple and spotify we love you guys. Thank you. We're going to be read, reading verses Phile- of Philemon mm-hmm. uh, 4 through 7. You want to read mine? Yes. Perfect. 4 through 7. I always thank God when I am praying for you, dear Philemon, because I keep hearing of your love and trust in the Lord Jesus and in his people. And I pray that as you share your faith with others, it will grip their lives too, as they see the wealth of good things in you that come from Christ Jesus. I myself have gained much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because your kindness has so often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Amen. So backstory again, just so you didn't hear episode one, uh, I just want to be a little clear on that. Apostle Paul is an apostle that's been called by God, met by God, met by Jesus himself and said, you're going to stop killing Christians. You're going to start birthing Christians, birthing Christians, (laughs) making them born again spiritually by going out and preaching my good news about what I did on the cross for humanity. And since then, Paul's life changed completely. And so he met a lot of friends along the way. One of those friends, his name was Philemon. He was a slave master, but a good slave master. He wasn't like the horror stories you hear in American history. It was a different time back then. And so this one slave, regardless of who Philemon was, he wanted to be free. He wanted to get out of being a slave and work for himself, be his own man. A lot of us can relate to that, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you feel like a slave at Starbucks or a slave at McDonald's, wherever you work, a slave to your job, you want to be free. And so Mm. Onesimus, he wanted to be free. But then he realized after becoming a Christian, after hearing Paul preach in Rome, that he did something wrong and he had run away and he hadn't cleared up uh, his relationship with Philemon. Mm. And so Paul is sending Onesimus back to clear that up. To what to tell um, Philemon that whatever I Onesimus find myself doing, I want to do it unto the glory of God because my heart and my mind's been changed. Now I do stuff not because I want to; I do stuff now because I want more of Jesus. That is what I truly want. That's my driving factor behind everything. That has changed what I want in life, mm-hmm. and so he uh, is going back. But now Philemon is in a tricky situation, right? He's still human. He still has the part of him that could respond poorly. Like, what did you do, man? You just ran away. And uh, some commentators think that Onesimus might've stolen from him as well, because again, he wasn't a Christian when he left. So uh, Philemon could have the possibility of just snapping at Onesimus. And so Paul is sending this letter back with Onesimus to say, Philemon, take it easy on Onesimus, Onesimus, be kind to him. And it shows us in verse 21 that Paul is confident Mm-hmm. That Philemon is going to do what is right. That Philemon is going to be able to heal and mend this relationship. He's confident. We're going to find out in this episode 
why he's confident. If Paul is confident in Philemon, Christ is confident in Philemon. Mm. In the New Testament, Paul is a picture of Christ, just like uh, Moses was a picture of Christ. And when we see Paul starting churches, um, being uh, persecuted, being um, just so bold for Christ, uh, we see a glimpse of the character of Christ in him. And so if Paul is saying, I'm confident in you, can God, can Christ be confident in you in your relationships? A lot of us, we want to get married. We want kids and stuff, but God wants to look down in confidence at you and say, oh yeah, this person's ready to be a parent. This person's ready to be a husband. This person's ready to be a wife. Is Christ confident in you as his brother, as his sister, as you go into these relationships? That's what we're going to see right now. And sometimes you might not even be ready for those relationships, but God puts you in those situations, parenting or marriage or dating or whatever. He might put you in it. Why? Because he's confident in his own character. That's what we're going to break in, break down today. So here's the three things we're going to look at. We're going to look at uh, Philemon's character, his courage, and his kindness. Character, courage, and kindness. Let's look at verse four. It says, I always thank God when I'm praying for you, dear Philemon. So if Paul is thanking God for Philemon, there's something great about Philemon's character. If he's saying, God, thank you so much for Philemon. Who is someone that you're thankful for in your life? You're thankful for them because there's something about their character that you love. Something about their, their character that just brings you joy when you think about them, especially when you're praying about them. So are people thankful when they pray about you? Hmm. Or are they praying about you for another reason? Is there something in your life that they are not grateful for, not thankful for that they're bringing before the Lord and in the type of mood, like, okay, God, I'm praying about this person again. (sighs) You know, is it one of those things of size? Are they sighing when they're praying about you or are they just exuberant when they're praying about you? God, thank you for this person. We have people like that in our life that were like, man, thank you. I want to be that kind of person in other people's lives. Mm. Christ was that type of person. The mm-hmm. people who really saw Christ for who he was, they were thankful for him. They're thankful to be around them, around him. I wonder, are you thankful for Christ? What we are most thankful for Christ about is his character. Mm-hmm. When he tells us to um, anything you ask in my name, the father will grant it. What does that mean? A person's name was symbolic with their character. And so, for example, Jacob, that literally translates into trickster. And so he was a trickster. He tricked his brother out of the birthright. In the book of Genesis, we have uh, names like Daniel. Daniel means God is my judge. And so the way that Daniel operates in the book of Daniel, when he is um, giving this wisdom from above to King Nebuchadnezzar or to any of the kings, King Cyrus, the way he lived his life, even when they were trying to find something wrong with him, they couldn't find anything wrong with him, his enemies. And so his enemies says, oh, I, I have an idea. We'll make a law where if anyone prays to anyone but our king, they're going to go to jail. And what does Daniel say? He essentially says, only God can judge me. God is my judge. He keeps praying to God. He gets thrown into the lion's den. But because God was his judge and he had done nothing wrong, the judge let him go. He got out, not a bite, not a scratch, nothing. God is my judge. A person's name is their character. Lokalani's name means heavenly rose. 
in Hawaiian. And roses um, have a uh, symbolic meaning to them. And so she has been a heavenly healing in my life to my gift, to um, my past scars. My name means protector. And so I love preaching because I feel like preaching is the best way that I can protect the most amount of people uh, at one time by using my gift to show people this is the path. This is the light. This is the way, the truth and the life, Jesus Christ. And so our name is our character. When Jesus says, ask God anything in my name and I'll give it to you. He's saying, if you ask in my character, the, the father has no problem doing it. He will do it right away. If you don't know by now, we're, we're like camping, doing this podcast. So you might hear some like obscure noises in the background, but we're taking you on an adventure with the us. chicken stopped. The chickens were going crazy and we they prayed were. for the chickens and now they're calm. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, we're taking you on this adventure through Philemon about relationships with us. And I want you to see that if you have the character of Christ, your relationships are going to thrive. How do you have this character? You have to first see that you don't have it. Christ has it and then you'll get it. So for example, the character of Christ, there's this one time where he's eating at a religious leader's house and a woman of the night prostitute comes in and starts uh, ministering to Jesus, you know, washing him, washing his feet, taking care of him. And the religious leader whose house it was, he says, come on, if you really were the son of God, you would know who this lady is. You would know everything. And it, it begs the question, how would he know who that lady is? It's either he has spent some time with her himself as a religious leader, pastor, if you will, or he can tell by the way she's dressed. So it's either one of those things you choose, but regardless, he knew who this lady was. Of course, Jesus knew who, who she was. Some commentators think that she was the woman caught in adultery chapters earlier, who he let go, who he saved and said, go and sin no more as they all dropped their stones. Regardless of who she was and what she had done, Jesus knows her. Jesus knows everything. And in his character, his sinless character, she came and washed his feet and he praised her for it. Mm. He said to Simon, you, you didn't give me anything. You know, when I came in your house, it's customary to wash my feet, to take care of me. You didn't do that for me. She did that for me. She's a picture of us, the sinners, mm. the, the messed up, the forgotten, the gross the outcasts who Jesus comes into our life, comes into the world and the majority of the world rejects him. But we're the ones that say, Lord, let me wash your feet. Mm. Let me serve you. Mm. Christ in his character. How many, how many men in today's culture and back then would have started thinking inappropriately about this lady as she touched his feet? How many people lack the character to take whether it's that way or even in a spirit of humility. If you've ever watched, washed anyone's feet or had your feet washed, it's a very humbling thing. Mm -hmm. And so some, when I've done it or when it's people wash my feet at like camp and different church retreats and stuff like that, it's a cool exercise. But if you're like me, I got squirmy. I'm like, I don't like this. It's like too humbling, you know? And so there's different ways that Jesus could have taken this, but in his sinless character, he took it with humility. Mm. He took it with, um, gratefulness. He has got an amazing character. 
so many times in scripture, as you read scripture, if you read Jesus, if you read Bible, the Bible through the lenses of Jesus, this is all about Jesus. Your whole book from Genesis to Revelation, all about him. If you read it and you see it, you'll start to see his character and his character is what's mm-hmm. going to change your life. Mm-hmm. His character is what's going to renew you. You can't see someone's character that beautiful and that positive and that um, life-giving and not want it for yourself. Here's a, um, another example. If you, if you don't have, the world is going to say you don't need character to have a good relationship. And the world is lying. The world is going to say, and you can treat people like crap. You can step on people. You know, excuse me. I have I made it a lot of episodes without saying crap. Um, I just said it twice now. Treat <laughs> anyway. people badly. <laughs> yes. You can treat people badly. Excuse me, kids. You can treat people badly and you'll be on top. You'll be the man. You know, we see a lot of people and a lot of characters in movies act this way. You know, the guy that just kind of pushes people and just, you, you don't need anyone. You can do your own thing, you know, and that's not biblical. If you lack character, it's going to kill relationships. My son or one of my sons was cheating on ABC mouse. ABC mouse is like this, like educational app, uh, but it has games on it, educational games. And I caught one of them cheating. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm cheating. I'm cheating. He was just trying to like farm and rack up tickets, you know, so he could buy stuff for his virtual aquarium. And I was like, you got, you can't do that. The whole point of this is for you to learn. So I took it away and he's like, well, you know, I was, I did it cause I saw my other bro- brother doing it. And I asked the other brother, I was like, is this true? Are you cheating on ABC mouse too? your educational homeschool app? And he said, yeah. And so a couple of days later, I decided the punishment should be lifted and they should get back to their schoolwork. And I said, uh, Hey, do you want to play some ABC mouse? And one of the kids goes, no, I always cheat on it. (laughs) And so his relationship with ABC mouse has been killed. It's dead. Why? Lack of character. If you go into a relationship with lack of character, you'll kill that relationship. Mm -hmm. What was once there is now not because of the death in that relationship character counts. You've seen it at, if you're my age, you've seen it at your elementary school. If you live in California, for whatever reason, the curriculum in in California schools, they have this thing called character counts. And it was banners up in our uh, cafeterias, character counts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they had all these different pillars of character. It's true. It counts. Mm -hmm. Philemon was a man of character. So Paul said, I'm thanking God for you. Look at verse five. Because I keep hearing of your love and trust in Jesus and in his people. And I pray that as you share your faith with others, it will grip their lives too, as they see the wealth of good things in you that come from Christ Jesus. Do you have courage? If you lack courage, you will not have what it takes to have a good relationship. You won't. Your relationships will fall apart. It takes courage to be a good friend. It takes courage to be in a good relationship. The reason why divorce happens, the reason why breakups happen is because there's a lack of courage. There is a level of intimacy, a level of deep deepness, connection that must happen between two people if they are going to be married, mm-hmm. if they are going to be in love. There comes a point in every relationship where there says, okay, I'm going to have to let you in. I'm going to have to be vulnerable. And if you're not willing to do that, If you're not willing to go that far, then it's going to break down. The relationship's going to break down. Mm. It takes courage for me Mm -hmm. to share things with Lokalani that I don't want to share. Things 
uh, led her into areas of my life that I don't want to share. It takes courage for her to do that with me. Mm-hmm. It takes real courage. Think about Christ, how much courage he had to be married to us. The Bible says that Christians, those who believe in Christ, are the bride of Christ. Look at how vulnerable he was with us. You can't get much vulnerable than hanging up on a cross, bleeding, naked, screaming out and writhing pain. And everyone laughing, spitting at you, making fun of you, punching you in the face, pulling out your beard. All these things happen to Christ. Why? For us. Mm-hmm. How vulnerable he was for us. So that deep connection of love, you'll never have a relationship more deep, more um, intimate than your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. He's in your heart, in your mind, transforming the way that you live. That's deep, but it's because he was vulnerable. As we are vulnerable with him, as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. It takes vulnerability. It takes courage to do that. The courage um, comes from the Great Commission. The Great Commission is this. Go out into all the world and make disciples. You got to have the character of Christ, but you got to have the courage of the commission. If you have the courage of the commission, Anything that comes before you, you won't be afraid of it. I saw this mm. video of Will Smith where he said, uh, if, if something before you scares you, then do it scared. <laughs> you know, it's like this motivational thing he was doing, you know? And so he's in a place right now where, yeah, he's probably scared about his career because of how he acted at, towards Chris Rock. But some things we shouldn't do scared. If you do something, if you're scared to do something, you do it scared, you're still not really doing it. Mm. You're doing it now because of pride. You're doing mm. it now because you just want what's on the other side of it, but you're not really in it. Your heart's not really in it. You're not truly sending it with all of everything in you. I want to do things not scared. I want to do things with courage. Mm-hmm. If you have the courage of the commission, what is, what is that? The courage of the commission is as you are going, share Christ, Yes. share the good news of Christ. If you can do that, you can do anything. I was in the water the other day and a friend, a new friend, he's from California, but I'd run into him once in the water before. And so as he started paddling out, I was like, oh, hey, you know, I'm glad you're still here. And he's like, yeah, we leave. We fly back to California on this day. And I was like, oh, I'm glad I got to surf with you one more time. We're just talking. And I was like, where do you surf back home? And he told me, you know, I surf at uh, Orange Orange County because I don't like to surf in Malibu where where I live because of the crowd. So I drive an hour to Orange County. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. It's a long hour, long drive. Um, he's like, but it gives you time to wake up, right? And he's like, yeah, I listen to podcasts. I'm like, oh, that's actually what I do. He, he hadn't asked what I did. Um, but everyone wonders. They're like, this skinny black guy out in the water. <laughs> what does this guy do for a living? Uh, I just look like a fun-loving guy. Like I'm probably, I probably look homeless, you know, out there. But he's like, I just told him. I knew he was thinking. I was like, oh, that's what I do. And I wanted him to listen to the word of God. So I was like, hey, that's what I do full time. He's like, really? He's like, I love podcasts. Like, what's your podcast? So I told him and uh, he was like, cool. He's like, cool. I was like, yeah, well, this is my church out here. And I'm like, oh, wow, crazy. He's like, yeah, I also like to hike. I'm like, well, did you know that um, a lot of people think, a lot of commentators think that the Garden of Eden was on a mountain? Uh, Because he said he likes to hike mountains. (laughs) It's the place between, mountains represent the place between heaven and earth. And his eyes just like open, like, whoa. Because he knew the Garden of Eden. Everyone knows the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And then he told me another story later. But that like, I saw something prick him when I said that. 
So we're talking, talking. He's like, uh, I was like, where are you from? He's like, I'm from Texas. I was like, how'd you surf down there? He's like, well, the Gulf of Mexico gets waves on storms. So he goes into a story. He goes, I remember this one time, biggest storm I've ever seen hit Houston. And you could see a line of thousands of cars leaving Houston. And me and my brother on the other side of the road, flying towards the Gulf of Mexico with our boards on top, going to surf. And he said, we got there and the storm was just going crazy. And we went to sleep. We woke up the next morning. It was completely calm. The storm missed us. And he goes out and it was no wind. The water was glass and these huge, beautiful waves were pouring in. And it was just him and his brother surfing on this glass-like water. And he was telling me that. I was like, you know, there's a sermon in there somewhere. He looked at me like I was crazy. And that was all I needed to say. A wave came in. I caught the wave. I paddled away and I went back home. But the rest of that time, his eyes were on the horizon. He was quiet. Hmm. I mean, I was out there for another like 45 minutes, maybe an hour. He didn't talk to anyone. He was quiet. He was just staring off into the horizon. And I was thinking, I did something to that guy. (laughs) I didn't mean to. But the Great Commission is as you are going, it doesn't mean go out into all the world in the sense of, I got to go to Afghanistan. I got to go to Africa. I got to go to all these different places, Albania. You don't have to do that tomorrow. If you're called to missions, go ahead. But the Great Commission is as you are going, as you go to get gas, as, as you go to the grocery store, as you go to the gym, wherever you are, as you're going, share Christ. Give a reason for the hope that is in you. If you can do that, Anything that your relationship throws at you, you'll be able to handle. It's not Christians who have the courage of the Great Commission that get divorced. Mm. It's Christians who don't have the courage of the Great Commission. Who are afraid to say things that might cause a cancellation. If they're afraid to say things that are offensive. And I'm not talking about being offensive for offensive sake. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about being offensive because you're prideful and you like to tell people what to do and you like to just use your sarcasm and beat up people with your words. We're not talking about that because you can, you can be saying something that's right, but saying it in such a wrong way that it negates your righteousness. Mm -hmm. And now you're Mm -hmm. in the wrong, even though you're saying the right thing because of how you're saying it. Yeah. But you can say things in the right way that are offensive and they might be taken harshly. But the point is, if you have the courage of the commission to as you are going, wherever you're at, your relationships will be able to handle anything. And so Paul is saying, I pray that as you share your faith, Philemon, that you're effective in it, that you're successful in it. He showed us two areas of Philemon's um, life, his character, his courage. And they're both just like Christ. Mm-hmm. As Christ was going everywhere he went. He shared the good news of the father. Mm. He's going to get water at a well. John chapter four. There's a woman there who had been committing adultery, had several husbands. And as he's getting to getting water, what is he doing? He's sharing her the love of Jesus, the love of God. He's showing her the heart of God. He's just getting water. Everywhere he went, it was with intention. Everywhere he went, he was sharing the love of God. Beautiful. If you have that, your relationships will be able to handle anything. But you also need this last thing in verse seven. 
I myself have gained much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because your kindness, there it is, has so often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Mm -hmm. So these three things are setting up the hard hitting drama of the relationship that's about to be brought up. So he's saying, because you have character, courage, and kindness, what I'm about to ask you to do for Onesimus, I know and I'm positive you're going to be able to do it. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the drama and breaking down the drama in your lives. What's really going on behind some of the hard areas of your relationships. We're going to break that down. And before we get into that, he's saying, you got to have this Mm -hmm. character, courage, and kindness. Kindness is important because of what it does to the other person and what it does to you. It takes humility to be kindness. It takes a lowering of self to be kind. We talked about this last week by being a prisoner. If you walk into your relationships with the mindset of a prisoner to Christ, you'll walk in humbly and the relationship, the conversation is already starting off on a good foot. Mm-hmm. We took our three boys to a birthday party and it was at the beach and we had our friends there. And so we thought, we'll just leave Lucy with grandma and papa so that we can you know, talk to our friends because our, our boys can handle themselves in the water. And so we did that, came back from the party. Lion takes a shower, gets the sand and the salt off of him. And he goes inside and he sees Lucy uh, eating a snack. And he goes up to Lucy and he goes right up to her ear and says, Hi, Lucy. Did you have a good time with your grandparents? (laughs) He's four years old, right? But he sounds like a grown man, you know, just, you know, checking in on their child. And I thought that was so sweet because Lion is very kind. We never really had to teach him kindness. He just has it in him. And kindness is being considerate of others, thinking about what was this person's day like? What was their upbringing like? Mm. And that takes real humility because sometimes you're going to run into people that you do not like. You know, Philemon for sure was not going to like Onesimus when he came back home. You know, maybe he's excited that the softening of the words of Paul would definitely help the cause, knowing that. Onesimus is my brother now in Christ. That would have helped, but he definitely didn't like what Onesimus did. And so you're going to see people in your life whom you don't like what they're doing, but in kindness, you're able to say this. I wonder what this person's upbringing was like. Mm -hmm. I wonder what God is really trying to do in their life. Mm -hmm. I wonder if God has saved them, you know, then certainly, then, then certainly I can have kindness towards them. Mm. If God was kind towards them, if God was kind towards me, Kindness is taking a step back and thinking about others. It's being humble. C.S. Lewis says that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but is thinking of yourself less. Mm -hmm. We can choose not to be kind because we're thinking so much about ourselves. Well, they did this to me and they did that. And they said this to me. And and now, you know, I demand their sympathy. Mm -hmm. I demand others' sympathy towards me. I'm just going to ghost this person. You're not being kind because you're thinking about yourself too much. Mm -hmm. Christ thought of others. Mm. It's not thinking of yourself. Um, it's not thinking less of yourself. Like, woe is me. I'm such a jerk. I'm such a horrible person. No, it's thinking of yourself less. It means I'm not so focused on myself. Mm-hmm. I notice a lot of times when I go places and I'm not thinking about like, oh, I wonder how, I wonder how I look right now in, in these clothes. I wonder how good I'm surfing. I wonder if my haircut looks right or do I need to shave? Like if I'm so focused on how people see me, I'm more closed off. I'm more anxious in public. Mm. But when I'm 
bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to like think about what other people are doing. Oh, that's a nice car. Oh, I like that person's shirt. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, it's a nice day today. You know, I'm just acting like Mr. Rogers. When I'm like that, I'm way more joyful. I'm way more kind. Think about others first, like Christ did in Philippians 2. Lowered himself, taking on the form of a servant. He went as far as to come to earth. He went that far to come way over here, way down to us. To show his kindness. It means having mercy. It means having grace. You have these things as you look at Christ. more you look at Christ and what he did for you on the cross. The fact that his character was challenged. His character was made fun of. His character was attacked on the cross so you could have the character of Christ. His courage was tested as he prayed in the garden, bleeding out of his forehead, sweating blood, screaming out, praying with everything in him, God, if there's any other way, yet let your will be done. If there's any other way other than the cross, yet your way, not my way. His courage was tested and he prevailed so that Mm -hmm. your courage can prevail. And lastly, his his character, his courage, and his kindness was taken as weakness. They treated him horrible. Why? All he was was kind. But his kindness was taken as weakness. So you could find that kindness is really meekness. Meekness is power under control. And it takes meekness to practice kindness. Power under control, knowing that you can do something a certain way, but constraining yourself, holding yourself back. Why? Because you want to do it God's way. Mm. That's meekness. You think about the small little bit inside of a horse's mouth as it's pulled on the reins, controls that whole horse. The small little rudder on the back of a ship controls that whole boat. The small little four-cylinder engine in this little tiny truck (laughs) moves it up these big mountain hills. That's meekness. Meekness. Look at Christ and you'll have the character, the courage, and the kindness and your relationships will thrive. Having trouble? Look at Christ. Struggling with it? Take a break. Go to the restroom. Close that bathroom stall. Look at Christ. Remember these stories. Last story about Christ and then I'll let you guys go. There is a time where they're on a boat. And there's a huge storm. Jesus is asleep. Mm -hmm. Look at his character. Not afraid, not worried. Worrying is a lack of character because Jesus tells us not to worry. He's asleep. Look at his courage. How courageous do you have to be to, to be able to pass out on a boat in the middle of a storm? He's brave. He's not thinking anything outside of this boat can take me. Courage. But also in his kindness, what does he do? The, The disciples say, Jesus, do you not care? I thought you were kind to us. Jesus gets up and he says, peace be still. And the storm stops. Why did the storm stop? Because he was going to be thrown into the storm. Just like Jonah was thrown into the storm and it stopped before he was swallowed by the whale. I'm sorry, not a whale, not a mammal, a fish. Just like that, Jesus was going to be the new Jonah, the real Jonah. And that's why the storm stopped. It also stopped because he had authority and power over the storm. 
but in his kindness, he stopped it. In his kindness, he comes into your life. He says, just look at me. I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm not outside the boat. I'm in the boat with you. Mm -hmm. I'm in the storm with you. I'm taking the hit from the storm. You're just next to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm carrying all of it. I'm with you. Don't you see? It's my kindness that stops your storms. Any relationship storm that you're in will not be able to hold a flame to the kindness of Christ, the character of Christ, and the courage of the commission. Mm. Let's pray and then we'll do some Q&A. Father God, thank you so much for the beautiful sounds of nature. Thank you so much for the beautiful listener as they are uh, being encouraged by your word. Mm. I'm encouraged. I'm sure Lokalani is too. And we pray that we would look at your character, your kindness, your courage, Lord, and we would be transformed by it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the question is, amen? That's our question for you. And so Lokalani will start and then we want you to answer it throughout your week as you go throughout your life. Yes. Um, my amen is amen to everything <laughs> you said. <laughs> um, I just love um, what you t- when you started off with the character of Christ, because I think that mm. most humans desire to have better character. You know, that's right. why we have this, you know, worldly thing of be your best self. And I mean, that's even coming to Christianity. Like I, I'm my best self when I'm this, yeah. and, you know, like live your best life now and all that kind of stuff. It's like, we want to be better. Most humans, I mean, there's some that probably don't care, but right. <laughs> most humans want to be better. And I, that was a huge part of my story is like, man, I cannot believe the sin that I've gotten myself into. Yeah. Um, and I just tried I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking. Okay. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop going out. I'm going to stop doing it. And I kept trying, but it wasn't working. Like I still would fall into another sin or another thing because I thought if I just make myself better, like I'll, I'll have better char- character. I'll be better and I'll feel less shame for yeah. the things that I've done. Um, but it wasn't until I got to know Christ and I got to know what the true gospel was. I thought, mm. even though I grew up in the church, I was thinking I have to make, get myself cleaned up and get better. And then my life will get better and God will accept me and I'll see his blessings in my life or something. But it was, I just had to come to him and that's what I started doing. I started just reading his word and he began to transform my heart. And in turn, it was transforming my character and the choices. Mm. I didn't even have the desire. I didn't have before that. I, I didn't carry the power to not do the right Right. thing. Or to do the right thing. <laughs> I didn't have that power. And that's yeah. why I kept falling into different things. Um, but once I got to know him and I had that intimacy with him, I started to have his character. Yeah. And that character grew into courage and wanting to share the gospel. Like you're saying, like as you're going, like I think also at the the heart of the Christian is I we want to see people saved. We want people in the boat. We don't want everyone to perish, you know? And, but how do we do that? You know, but if we spend time in his word, it'll naturally flow out. Like Alex was saying, he was in the water. He's like, I didn't like come like with that intention, like, okay, how am I going to, you know, relate everything to scripture (laughs) and stuff like that. Um, but it naturally flowed out because of the intimate relationship that he has, um, with Christ. And so that's my, Amen this week. Amen. And I'm not always like that. No. I don't want to be a superhero. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm usually like frustrated at my surfing when I'm in the water or something. I don't know. Not usually, but sometimes. But yeah, yeah. 
I love when it does come out like that after spending time with them, it, it should be natural, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's like something we local have taught me, has taught me our entire marriage is if it's not natural, it's most likely not something you should be doing. You know, it should be a natural thing. It's when we bring other things into it. And what we're trying to do is force something to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and whenever you're forcing something to happen, you're not being, um, human. You're trying to be like God. You know, yes. You're trying to be like, oh, I'm going to use my strength to do this. And it's just, it's not a good look for humans. You know, uh, the garden of Eden was all about human and life. That's what, uh, the Bible project says that, uh, Adam and Eve represented, mm. uh, Adam was the first. So he represented human and mm-hmm. then Eve represented life. Mm. And so human and life, that is what our, uh, what the abundance of Christ is trying to give us yes. to make us truly human yeah. and truly alive. Mm-hmm. There was no one more human than Christ because he lived so naturally. He just walked in step with the father's will. He wasn't trying to force anything to happen. You know, he says, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. If you got eyes to see, let him see. Walking naturally, mm-hmm. simply, minimally. That is the way we want to live. And if we if we see Christ doing that, like he said, like local line said, we'll be transformed by it and it'll just happen naturally. Mm-hmm. You no, know, don't try to make it happen. It'll happen naturally. Yeah, I, I was thinking that. of that verse too, as mm-hmm. I was like reflecting, like cease striving and know that I am God. Come like, on, yep. And that's kind of like what I feel like many of us do and what I definitely did. I was striving so hard to be better, Yeah. but I, I carry, I carried no power to do that. And yeah. so I had to let God be God and do that in my, his life. And it's so freeing and it's a beautiful thing to see when he yeah. truly transforms your heart and it's not just behavior modification. Totally. Yeah. Well, we love you guys and we're so glad you joined us today. We love you. We'll see you guys in the next one. Yeah. Go out and be the church. Amen.